Hello everyone and welcome back to the Wild About Wellbeing podcast. This episode is going to be slightly different from the previous three. Dom and I had the pleasure of being part of the start of Hope Week from the Wildlife Trusts. Hope Week was a series of live events and a chance to bring together young people to enjoy workshops, talks and entertainment. The week began with a fantastic live magic show from the environmental magician Megan Swan, using magic as a communications tool to try to help save the planet. After her show, Dom and I had a chance to speak with Megan and then open up a discussion with the attendees for our event, talking about all things eco-anxiety and hope for the future. So without further ado, let's get into our discussion now. Hi everybody. My name is Rob Gordon, and I'm the Equality, Diversity and Inclusion Learning Advisor at the Wildlife Trust. And together with Dom. Hi, Dom. Hi, Rob. I'm Dom. I'm Head of Health and Education here at the Wildlife Trust. Fantastic. And, and, and together with Dom, he and I, we, we run the Wild About Wellbeing podcast. And uh, this is a podcast where we talk about all things to do with nature and health, really. And for season one of the podcast, we're asking about eco-anxiety and and climate distress and keeping nature in mind as our key focus. And for those who aren't aware, eco-anxiety is that fear of the impact of climate change. It's about being worried or feeling anxiety or feeling grief or or worry about what environmental changes can come. So what we're doing over the course of this season is exploring that topic, thinking about how we can look after our mental health, thinking about how we can bring hope with the things that we do. And that's why it's so nice of Aaron to invite us along to take part today. And it was really incredible seeing Megan's fantastic show just then. That was absolutely amazing. I don't know how you did that. Truly fantastic. So we've got this we've got this podcast series out now about eco-anxiety, about climate change. So it'd be really great if we could talk to you and talk to the audience today about that, which is what we'll be doing over the, the, the rest of this session. And so the first question that I've got for you is that, you know, this is a really innovative, exciting way of talking about this and inspiring people. And I'm really wondering how and why did you get into magic as a as a means to talk about climate change and, and conservation? <laughs> yeah, I asked myself the same thing. Um, no, I I have always loved both. I've always loved nature and I've always loved magic ever since I can remember. My my parents always used to you know, take me out to to parks and things. My idea of family holiday was on a farm in Devon. It was genuinely that's what we did. So I've always loved being outdoors. I've always loved looking after nature. Equally, I've, I've done a lot of magic over the years as well. And I used to do, you know, the, the normal shows, the parties and, you know, the fun things. I've, I've done a lot. I love being on stage, especially. But I, I went to uni and I studied wildlife conservation. And the thing I came away with was how <laughs> depressing it all was. It was it was horrible. I went in there loving you know, loving the planet, wanting to, as 18 year old, wanting to save the world and realised, oh my gosh, there's a, there's a lot of work to be done and I, I don't know that we can do this. But one thing I really realised is how important education was and communication and how we've got so many of the technologies and resources we need to make a difference. We just need people to actually use them and do it. So I, I actually started with one trick. It was about deforestation and it was in a, a bigger show that I did about all different things that I I loved. I always loved theme in my magic. So I've always I had a whole show themed around different things I love to do. I used to do ballet, I used to do cricket, all, all different things that I loved. But I soon realized this trick about deforestation, which I thought was great, 
I couldn't perform because no one wanted to hear about deforestation on their birthday or at Christmas. It just, I just wasn't getting to perform it. I had to come out of the show every time because you've got to pick the time and place for these messages. So I decided then, okay, well, if I can't do it in normal gigs, I will find a market for this kind of thing. And for me, that was schools. So I started with school shows, put together a whole educational piece, knowing that if they're in a school and they're expecting to learn about the environment, but someone comes in and does it with magic, well, then suddenly it's more fun. It's not wise a magician talking about something horrible. It's, oh, wow, that's, that's a fun way to talk about it. And as soon as I started doing it, I just I fell in love with this kind of magic and I've, I've not stopped doing it. I've, I came up with more and more routines and I've been doing it ever since. Can I come in, Rob, though? I'm just saying, Megan, how do you how do you feel then when a, a, a trick goes well or, or you've got like sort of 10 kids in front of you that are going, ah, wow, how does that make <laughs> you feel? Oh, it, uh, it's amazing. I can't quite explain what it's like being on a stage and not just with this, but the eco stuff, any, any kind of performance, any magic trick, having people smiling and clapping and being amazed is is absolutely fantastic someone's just put in the chat they're butterflies and that's that's a good yeah a a good way of thinking about it it makes you it just makes you so happy it's so exciting and it's it yeah there's the the bewilderment that you get from magic everyone's oh wow how do you do that but also just the fact that you're enjoying it and having a good time I think that's that's amazing I've always liked things that make other people happy wonderful wonderful and I, th- I think one of the great things about it is that, you know, this is this is a way that you're particularly driven by reaching children and a younger audience. Not to say that I didn't absolutely really enjoy that. That was amazing. But we know that that younger people can be particularly impacted by the, those feelings of concerns about the planet. Um, it's backed up by all sorts of statistics about who's most feeling concerned about, about climate change and feeling those feelings of eco-anxiety. Is that something that you've come across, that topic of eco-anxiety, or have you sort of featured that kind of theme in other shows that you've done as well? So it's something I'm working on more, actually. So I, I mentioned I started with schools, but I have performed for adults as well. I do I, do, I perform in all sorts of places, businesses and, and schools, but you name it, I, I would do my eco-magic if you want me to. I, yeah, I have had questions come up from, uh, especially in sort of, in six forms and and older older students Uh, I've had people questioning sort of the impact they can personally make which actually drove some of the tricks that I some of the messaging I put into my tricks Uh, I've had yeah lots of people saying you know what's what's the point we we, we're not going to do that so it is it's something that's definitely come through I always go in I've always tried to be quite positive and happy about it because I think I don't think magic is the communications tool for that more serious negative messaging. I think it would kind of seem a bit trivial. So it's, I've always focused on that that hopeful side of things and the, you know, here's something practical we can do. But it's something I'm focusing more and more. I'm actually now working with UCL. I'm working with a researcher, Ilan Kelman. And uh, UCL have got a fantastic project, by the way. They've called it Performing Planet Activism. They're funding performers, not just magicians, all sorts of performers to work with researchers to come up with eco eco performance pieces to try and get these messages out there from taking the serious research and and turning it into something maybe more people want to listen to. So it's something I'm actively working on. We're actually putting together a show all about hope for the, the future of the planet probably feature some of the routines you've seen today maybe in slightly different formats but it's something I'm I'm definitely interested in I'm really excited to work on but I have to say 
the more reading and listening I've done, it, I have to sort of stop sometimes and take a step back because it, it can be quite hard to hear. So I, I, I totally get the feelings of anxiety, but I am driven by, I have to do something. I can't just give up. And for me, I'm using my skills. I'm doing what I do best to try and make a difference. And I hope that that will inspire other people to do the same. Oh, that's brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. And that, that kind of brings us into um, the the final question that Dom and I were thinking of um, in terms of asking about, which is, you know, do you, do you recognise those feelings around eco-anxiety in yourself and, and what works for you in terms of dealing with it? I think you mentioned there about how driving with what you know is such a really powerful thing, something that one of our previous guests talked about in terms of, you know, when to step back was look but don't stare as a kind of way of thinking about things as well, that if you feel yourself reading too much or getting too much into doom scrolling, which I know that I'm a big, I'm a big failure when it comes to that. I'm just sitting there on my phone reading and getting sadder about things. Um, instead realizing, okay, well, I can stay on top of the information without really diving quite heavily into it. But what kind of tools have you found that have helped with those feelings of eco-anxiety as well? Things that help with mental health in general I guess meditation I find really helpful trying to getting outside into nature obviously makes a big difference as well and just really trying to sort of focus on positives getting involved in community projects where you can and things like this seeing that other people do care I think makes a big difference sometimes you feel like you're on your own and, and oh gosh why is no one listening especially with you know, things that are happening politically at the moment like you <laughs> it's it's so frustrating and it's really hard to hear so yes I definitely recognize these feelings but I try and just keep my head down focus on what I'm doing and try and remember why I'm doing it and, and genuinely as I've said in one of my tricks we can't if we we haven't got time to be pessimistic really we need to have hope so that we do keep acting because as soon as we give up what are we going to fight for so staying hopeful is an easier way to live anyway <laughs> so yeah just getting out into nature meditating and doing what I can using my skill set to the best of my ability I guess those are the, the three things that I do to try and keep myself sane awesome what a brilliant message we're gonna open out now to our live audience so just just uh, so our listeners know there's 73 people with us live right now uh, in- including Megan Swan who just gave us a a fantastic magic show uh but also there are you know over 300 who have actually registered for tonight so it's it's incredible the amount of the amount of reaction to hope and and you know just an amazing kind of message so rob and i just wanted to open this out give everybody a chance to kind of think about what hope means to them uh and uh you know here we are in hope week it's it is about people coming together we're going to be enjoying workshops and talks and entertainment all week and it's that kind of forming a community of people people who are passionate about protecting nature and and the climate and of course it's it's about that connection between health and well-being and the natural world what some of us call that natural health service which we all thoroughly believe in and, and benefit from just as Megan was telling us so perhaps um, if um, if anybody's feeling uh, part of this community now of this uh, marvellous show, let, we, we'd like to start with that same question that Megan was just considering there. Do you recognise the feelings that Rob has described around eco-anxiety yourself and what helps you to deal with it? And I think that's sort of, if anybody feels like they could 
answer that. If they could uh, raise a uh, raise a hand, we'll we'll unmute you because I think it, it'd be good for others to hear about how you are feeling, but also what works for you as well. Because it's um, horses for courses. Lots of things work for different people. So, Jack, welcome to Nature in Mind. Jack, do you feel anxious about the uh, the natural world or the, the climate? Yes. And um, how does that actually make you, you feel? can you describe some of those feelings for us? Anxiety. Anxiety in mind. And is there anything at all that helps you deal with those kind of feelings of anxiety? Or is it, what, what really helps you? I tell my mum. Okay. And how does your mum reassure you? She tells me good news. Okay, okay. So a nice positive conversation. And do you feel better having shared that that concern with your mum? Yes. Awesome. So definitive. So wonderful. Thank you. Have a nice day, everybody from Jack. Jack, marvellous. Thank you so much. Um, I'm going to come to uh, Ali, where I notice there's two or three of you there ganged around the, the camera. Go on. Uh, so unmute. Tell us, do you, how do you feel about the current state of uh, nature and wildlife and the planet. How do you feel, guys? We're a little bit worried, but um, my daughter here, um, she's five, and she was telling me that she likes junk modelling. So she likes to reuse the, the rubbish that we, we um, unfortunately create, but she wants to, well, she uses it all the time. Our house is full of uh, junk modelling things. And we share that with our friends and we volunteer in a play space locally. And we share that and create a, a lovely space in the community. That is absolutely wonderful. That's so many things. And can I uh, just ask, what is your... Now, because we are a... Um, that was wonderful to see. Because we're also going to be appearing over the uh, radio and into people's ears via the podcast... Can oh, Ali has gone. Can we describe what's the favorite junk model that uh we've put together there? Um, she was just making um this laptop just here, a tablet. Uh, sorry, tablet out of um a bead uh box that she got given as a present, and this is her tablet. It's, you can see the colorful bits inside it's an unfinished work but she's working on that um, wow amazing and what what uh, what bits of junk did you find to make that tablet and where did you find them um so uh these are uh, this so this inside there's um eclair box that we had for dessert um what other pieces some of the wrapping paper, cut off the wrapping paper, um, bottle caps. I didn't use bottle caps. Oh, but there wasn't any. <laughs> um, sometimes she uses that. Um, toilet roll, like inside of the middle of the toilet roll. I don't use toilet roll. Not this one, but you use that. Um, yeah, that sort of things. And crisp packets. Um, Megan was using that earlier, um, saying earlier that it's it, you can't use it. Um, Etty was saying that. You can wipe it clean and put her hair clips inside um, crisp packets. Apparently, that's useful like that. Wow. Well, Etty, Ali, everybody there, just just keep it up. I think you're feeling us all full of joy. Big waves to you. 
uh, and that's absolutely fantastic. Now, deep breath here. I can see, I can see the the was it the Chantry guides I saw in the chat earlier, Jenny. Just tell us about uh, the fantastic guide pack that we can see in front of you. Hello. Um, hi. Um, we like to go on walks and pick up litter on the way to save the environment. Fantastic. And you, do you do that as a pack? Yes. We're going on one later. Yeah, we're going on one later. What? In the dark? Yeah. 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 I don't know how much litter we picked up in the dark tonight, being honest, but yeah. yeah, and we do lots of things around the environment with the guides. What else, Lily? Guys, anything else you want to share? But also, um, there's 35 of them here tonight, and we did. We, wow. we started. We started an hour early so that they could watch you live, um, and we're all here in this hall talking about it in the hope that you help them with their eco challenges and everything else, and hopefully they'll watch it the rest of the week as well. They're going to start recycling, apparently. Anything else you want to say? Um, save the turtles. Yeah. We do do recycling challenges at Guides as well, where they bring in junk and do things. We do all sorts of things. Oh, yeah. And, like, the shoe boxes and stuff at school. When, like, uh-huh. Recycling. And then, yeah. I think it would be awesome if you guys could uh, keep us in touch with the activities you do. And maybe we can work out, uh, you know, uh, a letter... Aaron, I'm sure we could uh, stay in touch uh, with the guy pack there because I think it's, it's inspirational. And some of the um, scouts and guides, I, I think it would be awesome. You know, when you go on those um, trips away, uh, sometimes you have resis away. I think you, should, yeah. you, could, you could try and do a waste-free one because I used to help about with the, the, the cubs and the scouts when my son was. And I was quite astonished by the amount of stuff that we took uh, and the amount of rubbish that we created. So how about that for a challenge? Uh, if you could do yeah, a yeah, waste-free... Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, and I am... And, uh, hang, on, hang, on. and hang, on, hang on, hang on. So we, um, we have, we're going to the Essex International Jamboree next year. And a big part of that will be around recycling and reusing and cutting our waste, how we use water, there's quite a lot going on so if you're interested in looking it up it's eij and um it's a really good example about how scouts and guides come together in a massive camp and they put the environment at the front of it it's about our, the whole thing it's about our wonderful world so um yeah so awesome. have a look at it so okay. we've enjoyed tonight thank you very thank much, you much oh, pleasure stay safe Bye-bye. and uh enjoy Bye-bye. keep going guys let's all remember that the essex jamboree um We'll go one more, then we might just move through to another question. Beth, you've got your hand up there. Uh, just one of you, which is marvellous. So uh, <laughs> could you tell us perhaps some of the uh, what's on your mind, how you feel about eco-anxiety, what works for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm in my 20s and I certainly feel that eco-anxiety. Um, it's hard to get away from the news sometimes. So I tend to have all of like my notifications for the news muted so that I can just research things as and when I'm sort of in the right headspace to be looking at things and you know want to find out a bit more information because I think sometimes it's when it's all thrown at you all at once it it can get overwhelming and certainly I work with a lot of primary school age children and even some of the children who are sort of seven eight years old are also describing some of these feelings which is quite scary because they are really young, but they are worried about the environment and and do have those feelings about it. But I think one of the things that I try and remember is that nobody's perfect um, and that 
you know, every if everybody takes one action, then it will have a massive impact on on the world and, and nature. So it's all about doing little things rather than trying to be this perfect, eco-friendly, zero waste person or organisation. Love that. Love that. Um, that kind of very small actions, and I think we can do that. And and Beth, you, you obviously you you uh, uh, work in a school. You you mentioned knowledge because obviously what Rob was saying before, you can you know you can get kind of sucked into some of that doom scrolling idea. But actually, what you're finding there is equipping people with knowledge and learning yourself really helps. Yeah, definitely. And I think you know because these children are now growing up with they're being taught in school some of these things and they're hearing about it in the news as well. I think yeah, having having that bit of knowledge does sort of help inform some of your opinions and thoughts and feelings about things as well fantastic thank you beth james can you uh, unmute hello james where are you calling from and do you mind if i ask you how old you are as well yeah i'm james i'm from suffolk and i'm 13 years old awesome we're talking about eco-anxiety we're talking about how it makes you feel and what works for you in dealing with it so i guess how, how it makes me feel sort of like i do i guess doom scrolling is a uh is one of them that cuts them sometimes like um and learning about this stuff and talking to my, my family some kind of school so the fact i am for the rest of that day which is annoying quite inconvenient because i've got a lot of stuff to do at home um and that can be quite hard and how i deal with it i have a lot of time on my uh walks to school so on my walk to school i usually um i i can i can look around me and i i write things so i write a lot of poetry poetry specifically on my, oh. on my phone you can do it on your phone on the when you're on the on the move so that's cool and then like you can um like write about what's around you and and sometimes i can also write about um keeping like hopeful and and, and about like some of the, of the bad things that i see around me and i'm hoping to share most of that poetry so that's really cool and that helps me to keep help me to promote it and to keep like you know, noticing nature around me rather than like the the hardness of nature like being destroyed and it can also help me to like notice some flaws. Um, like by writing, I can like notice more, so I can notice some flaws in my area and help to um, prevent that and be and do stuff in my local area, such like being part of the uh, so that while I trust youth boards, I've started to think like uh, coming from writing, I've started to uh, join other organisations, and that's also helped me too. So. Wow, that's that's a huge. If I could just let's do a little summary of that because my internet dropped off. And Rob, give me a wave if uh, if my internet goes again, and, and please uh, butt in. But we so we've got noticing nature on your walk to school because you you know you, everything is getting on top of your home. So sure. I know that noticing three good things a day, if you can take that time, actually it's proven to improve your mental well being. They've been really great experiments, and uh, so there's there was that. There was the creative side. That's wonderful. So this writing. So just this morning, at our own all staff meeting at the at the Wildlife Trusts, one of our colleagues, Kay, wrote a poem, and she read it out to us. It's called the Twenty Six. It's a brilliant writing project, and I think you should really check that out because that creative output really helps. And was there another one that I was missing there? Oh, you were talking about what you were doing for the wildlife trusts. Uh, so volunteering, but also joining a youth board. So yeah. tell us what on earth is that and, and how does that work and how does it help? 
Uh, so at the Wildlife Trust, there's like I think each each different Wildlife Trust has um has a youth board. I hope most of them do at least, hopefully. And um and and they, I guess they they put people like young people in power to like to like um so so some other like parts of a Wildlife Trust. Like what's the word? Like the ecology team. The teams like come in and and they can take um they can like use inform take advice and information from um. The youth board, because youth board have yeah, have quite a lot of experience and also a lot of worries, and and they um probably read a lot as being young people, so that they can um give that give that those young people a voice that otherwise wouldn't have it in like all the other wildlife trust boards. So why 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 should um why should wildlife trusts uh have young people on their boards? Do we do we need that? What do you think, James? I think we do need that because it's giving um young people a say in their environment and what's happening around because a lot of bit, a lot of like um the older people um are are doing most of the work and that and like young people also like to get involved and see and also see what's going going on because they're being told all this information but but little um little's coming that they can give back to that information and 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 act, act on it and sometimes the young people obviously the most can be the most affected um and that can be really good for really good for them to have that have that time and also get more experience um going forward as well fantastic that's really important what you said there so the people that are most affected can have that voice and here we are, we're talking about the future. So I think just as we move into the last 10 minutes or so, um, Rob and I, I think this was Rob's idea probably, but we're going to call this episode Bright Futures. Um, it's going to be the fourth episode of the podcast just before we go out, and then we'll have a bit of a, uh, a winter break. But really, it's about optimism and it's about hope. And so um, here we are at the start of Hope Week. So I just wonder, again, if I could put a question out there for, uh, for anyone. What is it that you feel hopeful about or, or courageous about or really positive about, having heard some of the stuff tonight? Uh, anybody like to share any messages of positivity or hope before we kind of move on out? While people are thinking, I'm going to go to Rob, my co-host. Rob, are you hopeful, having heard tonight and seen Megan perform and heard our kind of wonderful contributions? I'm incredibly hopeful. We've got a really bright future ahead of us. And you can see all of these, you know, that the real passion of everybody who's attended today and the excitement for what the future can bring and where we can be. But also, I think one of the important things that we can do when we keep hope in mind about this is looking historically at what we've achieved we can think about things like the hole in the ozone layer. We can think about things like acid rain. We can think about all of the species that we protected and we brought back from extinction. We can think about all of the tremendous work that is going on all the time. And actually, we've beaten challenges before and we're going to continue beating challenges again and again and again. And I think that's one of the reasons that I'm hopeful is that we, the the people who are driving this change to make the world a better place for everyone, we've achieved so much and we're resilient and we're going to keep going all the time. And I think that's one of the reasons why I'm hopeful is I'm, I'm stubborn and I know that everyone else here is stubborn too. And that stubbornness can drive us to achieve great things. Brilliantly well put, Rob. 
Megan Swan, magician, have you got hope for the future? Yes, I have. Because every time I do a show, no matter how old the, the people I perform for are, people know more than we realise. There are you know, <laughs> young children who can tell you about the impact of nitrous oxides in the, in the atmosphere. It's, it's incredible. And that gives me hope. There are so many people that want to do something for our planet. And I think the more we all use our voice, the more people will act. And every time I get booked to do a show or someone tells me how much they enjoyed a performance, it reminds me that people want to hear these messages. And there are lots of people out there like me, performers, artists who are using their skill set to get these messages out. It's it's growing, it's getting bigger, and I think that's really exciting. And I think we'll I think we'll do it. I think we, we have to do it. We have to sort it. So we will get there. And I think the momentum is with us. We just gotta keep going and stay optimistic and we will make a difference. I think again brilliantly put a few ripples of applause around that. And I totally recognize um uh, from the creative side, Aaron and I spent uh, a little bit of summer with the National Youth Brass Band of Great Britain. Uh, and they'll be performing a piece uh, uh, next year called Fragile Planet uh, in April. And it's going to be a world premiere. And so they're all fantastic musicians, wonderfully talented, about 90 of them. However, when we ran those workshops and we asked them about their knowledge, I mean, I've never been so scared in my life. The the, the questions that come, but also the the passion, the knowledge, the enthusiasm, uh, but also that deep-seated belief that we can we can win, we can carry on, particularly if we do this together. That came through just loud and clear. So I don't know if you, Aaron, remember anything else from the summer with our um, uh, young musicians, but that was something that really I carried with me from that time. Yeah, absolutely. It's the their their arts and using and, and obviously we've seen what uh, what Megan's done with us this evening and and with the brass band as well they're playing their beautiful music and seeing how using their music to kind of help protect nature as well and it's it's realizing you don't have to be a super expert in wildlife and nature to make a massive difference you can just apply what you're what you're good at apply what you love and and you know talk about nature and get involved in it and and have it on the mind and it's um you know, and you can make a massive difference. And that's just been, you know, I've, I feel so much better, you know, a year and a half into my job now and getting to do things like this. Um, you know, that's making me feel fantastic getting to you know meet people like we have this evening, uh, who are so motivated. It, it reminds me that, you know, there's, there's a lot of us and, and yeah, absolutely. We, we can do it. So, um, yeah, I feel, feel very hopeful myself. That brings this episode of Wild About Wellbeing to an end. Thank you very much for listening and I hope you've enjoyed our conversation with Megan and our discussion with young people talking about their own experiences with eco-anxiety and hope. We're going to be taking a little break over the winter and we'll be back soon with the second half of our season on Nature in Mind. We have more important conversations about eco-anxiety coming soon alongside some more fantastic guests.